Welcome, weary traveler. You have stumbled across a comedy chronicle of cranial concoctions, a frenzied fusion of befuddled fables, an exacting expose on eclectic mythos. Should you brave ahead, you will find yourself enlightened, delighted, and only slightly misinformed on the many fantastical worlds that exist within our favorite media. Will you learn all there is to know? <laughs> that I cannot say. But I can say it will be the lore you know. doing that welcome to the lore you know a uh, podcast where three friends dive into the fantastical <laughs> and often convoluted lore of media that we grew up with and love and Gosh, here to bring you cats. the mostly correct facts about completely made up things this week are me fran i'll be your lore master ethan and i'm cj and i have responsibilities <laughs> i'm a father to two very rambunctious little kitties and i hate people who call themselves cat dads because that's a very sad thing to be so i am a cat daddy it's uh sexier oh okay well Did you i put guess that on your tinder profile <laughs> yeah the tinder profile <laughs> that i keep up to date just for posterity's mm-hmm. sake <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i'm just glad that the t-shirt i got you for christmas will still work so. <laughs> uh could you imagine a person who has to like i'm so making you a cat daddy shirt <laughs> well, could you could you imagine a person who has to like keep their like they're still in a relationship or whatever but they keep their tinder up to date like a linkedin just to be like well i need to like the people need to know you know what what i'm you know we call those my, people my latest, toxic. my latest stats is that what we call them yeah. i thought we called them alpha chads no toxic probably chronic mm-hmm. cheaters no, yeah. we're, we're gonna get into some <laughs> alpha chad stuff because we're gonna be talking about bioshock today about big daddies that, that get- <laughs> is this going to be very uh very like sexual so with the daddies i know that daddies um, are historic i hope not uh yeah no that that daddy joke is not gonna fly but there will be some sexual content i guess that wasn't as uh, much of a meme back when bioshock was released i'm pretty sure I feel like the- yeah they started doing it because of bioshock <laughs> oh is it <laughs> Drill no, me, big what? daddy. I wouldn't doubt it, considering yeah, you wait, are the big daddy on. running around. Hold on, let's get wait, to know your meme. Wait the fuck on, Ethan. Are you just picking stuff with big drills in them? Is that all you know about? Uh, that is vampires and big drills is my area of knowledge. It and seems to uh, be. Yeah, no, that's that's all I got. So that's what we're going with. Okay, well, I sure hope that well does not run dry anytime soon. <laughs> there's a lot of vampire stuff out there. So uh, I'm I, sure thought, I thought we were there's so much drill stuff. There's so there's much also drill a lot of content. drills. I mean, Avatar The Last Airbender even has a drill. So, okay. do you just want to <laughs> do you want to do the lore? You know, the three episodes that have big drill in it. Uh, I do want to do that, but not today. Uh, today right. we're going to talk about Bioshock. 
And for this one, we're going to be primarily going over the main canon lore of the first two Bioshock games. But I also kind of want to lay out there that I'm going to talk about these two how I want to and less like by the book exactly what the canon says. And a big part of the reason for that is just because the player experience in Bioshock can often be like very different from what they claim the lore to be. Mm. And so there's like a lot of moments of uh, them saying that something is one way that would sound absolutely insane to anyone who had played the game. And we're going to have a lot of fun in Bioshock 2 with so many I was here the whole time moments. But okay, let's start with Bioshock 1. And it begins in the same way that all cool action games do with a plane ride. We have our main character. He's just on a flight to God knows where. The plane immediately crashes. Who would have guessed? Uh... And so you are out in the middle of the ocean, our main character, Jack. But uh, luckily, there happens to be this weird lighthouse that is just in the middle of the ocean. Nothing to be seen for miles. But hey, Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. this. You You know how they put lighthouses in the middle of the ocean so you don't crash into the lighthouse that's in the middle of the ocean. They're like, hey, we're here. We're right here. Don't crash into us. Please be careful. Go anywhere else but this spot, the lighthouse spot. Mm-hmm. Inside, there is just this giant golden statue of a capitalist. And what does that a capitalist our... look like? Uh, uh, now white, I wish I had... usually. Yeah. I mean, in this um... case, gold, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, a man. A let's man. Be a man. What? Yeah, what probably is Caucasian. A it's a '40s capitalist, Monopoly. but yeah, yeah, yeah. it, yeah. it, right, it literally—he has a stat. He has a, a sign in front of the statue that says "No gods or kings, only man." Uh, so that's how you—that's how you know he's a capitalist. <laughs> All right, we're we're big into the man feel here. So you go deeper into the lighthouse. And you pretty quickly find a bathysphere, as all of the best games have bathyspheres. And is it just a bath? And no, it's... Fran. What do you, what do you think a bathysphere is? Well, Tell me honestly. Uh, well, we're underwater. We're not okay. yet. Oh, we're not yet. I, okay. What if I what if I told you it's like a weird. Jules Verne thing. Does that help? Um, I maybe. Well, I was envisioning maybe the bathosphere. It's like a big bathtub, but it's upside down, so you can like still breathe in it, probably, or something yeah, like it's that. Two so it's two baths put together in a sphere shape. Well, yeah, it's yeah, like, like a clamshell of baths. Yeah, but it's like airtight, so they just call All it right. like underwater domes bathospheres. Yeah, you're you're close that, enough. Idea. You're you're close enough, yeah. Fran. It it's uh like a submarine except it doesn't have any kind of propulsion so it go up and down it's like a room it's like it's a so you can affect elevator. its buoyancy all right it's a water elevator water elevator why don't they just call it okay because, because i told you it's all jules Verne. yeah it's, right. it's like oh wait five billion leagues under the sea <laughs> okay and so we head a few leagues under the sea with our bathysphere 
and we see what the heck there's this like skyscraper city down here and as we're like coming in from the outside oh it's so beautiful there's these big like art nouveau statues on everything Mm -hmm. and it's like this beautiful scene and then you pull into the first building and it is like a horror blood streaked nightmare inside and it's like by the way, every city, you see it from a distance, you're like, wow, it's so cool. And then you get there, and then there's, like, people stabbing you for your wallet and, like, Starbucks that have birds that have taken over and are now running the counter. <laughs> that That is exactly what it is like. And... That's oh that's what we I see. Imagine a, I just imagine a pigeon with a little apron that has the <laughs> Starbucks logo on it. It would be confusing, but I would enjoy it. The pigeon also wants to shank you for your money, though. <laughs> yeah, he yes. will if you After if you show. don't pay him. Yeah. It's it's so inconvenient. You have to go to McDonald's to buy French fries so that you can go to Starbucks <laughs> to pay for a coffee with them. It's just a whole thing. It's a whole thing. This is this is one of those things that can be kind of inconsistent for the uh the player as far as canon is concerned because just how messed up is this city of rapture we don't really have a great idea like supposedly as far as the story is concerned there are parts of rapture that are still functioning but Mm -hmm. through the entire course of our gameplay here we are not going to meet a single sane person the entire time, except uh, maybe one or two, uh, including Bridget Tenenbaum. She has these uh, these kids named the Little Sisters, and they do seem to be scary horror monsters that she had a part in making into scary horror monsters, and she feels a little bad about her crimes against humanity, so... She asks you to help her out with those. Is this old enough that this was like on X Play? I might have seen like an X Play. Hell yeah, it was. Game. Yeah, yeah no, they had the. They had the. I remember it because it scared me when I was young. They had the trailer Spooky. where you're where you're in the dome and you're like fighting the big daddy and you're like, no, big daddy, don't hurt me. And then he's like, I'm gonna drill through your hand. And then he drills through your hand. And then you're like fuck you, I'm going to inject myself with some blue juice and shoot lightning at you. And then you do that. And that does sound familiar. It... The little Are the little sisters, the girls, I thought they have like blue dresses. They look kind of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of dress. Or am I thinking of something else entirely? They they do look a little bit like an Alice in Wonderland kind of dress. It's like a dress. dark blue if, with a white apron on it. If you dragged that through the mud and just kind of general inner city area. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, of I, course, modified, but like. I think the more discerning feature is the fact that their eyes are glowing yellow orbs. I don't remember that at all. I remember. Oh. <laughs> their eyes are glowing mine. yellow orbs. It's they true. have They have, like, flashlight eyes. Oh, that's I'm disconcerting. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're creepy little girls that uh, they're supposed to be. Ever since Ooh. they were invented in The Exorcist, The Shining, I don't know. The, oh, pick your favorite horror genre. Yeah, the, no, <laughs> no. Just The Shining made up the general concept of creepy, creepy girls. little girls. Everyone knows okay. that. Well, but- The Shining did twins, and I have never <laughs> met a set of twins that weren't very scary, especially when they're together. <laughs> All right, so we have Bridget Tenenbaum who wants us to help undo some of her crimes against humanity, and then we have this guy who calls himself Atlas, 
and we don't know much about him except that he is so incredibly Irish. And he starts off the scene by saying, Oh, well, I don't know who you might happen to be, but if you could, would you kindly please help me get out of this horrible hellhole nightmare with me and me family? <laughs> it's a colorful cast of characters. Townenbaum is German. Yes, we've got, we've got, Ger- we've got German. Irish. Irish. Okay, so I hope there's an English person. So in theory, the city isn't completely dilapidated, but there's like functioning parts, but you as a player just never see it. Is that the idea? That is a concept that is in like the lore. Okay. But yeah, it's it's right. hard to square with your experience as okay. a player. But let's let's get into uh rapture itself a little more. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna shoot now to before the start of the Bioshock one itself and kind of talk about how this city came to be. Uh how, so we, how how they get city underwater, Ethan? How how, get, how with bathospheres? That's not usually how <laughs> <laughs> they use the naturally forming bathospheres. Yes, <laughs> nature um, truly is beautiful. Nature's been ailing lately. To, the bathospheres are coming to, back. <laughs> it wants us to build underwater Detroit. <laughs> I like that idea, but unfortunately, it comes down to rich libertarian with a lot of money. And his uh, his name is Andrew Ryan, and he is a play on uh, Ayn Rand and her her whole objectivism idea. And Mm. it's it's worth noting that he doesn't quite fit that specific ideology. Uh, Any kind of like Rand heads who play into this game are like, oh, well, he, that would never work because he he do breaks they, these rules of do they rand call themselves randheads or are we just calling them randheads? Surely we can come up with a better name. I wonder what no. the the Ayn Rand I mean, fandom they is they called. would call themselves objectivists, but that's silly nonsense. They, they would be called randies, is what they would be <laughs> called. All right, so yeah, the Randys aren't super fond of Andrew Ryan because they feel like he's not a perfect representation of Rand's ideals, and he's not exactly a libertarian, but all you really... But who is? (laughs) All you really need to know about him is that he is a free market YOLO boy. He believes that the invisible hand of the market is God. He calls it the great chain, and... That's how the Oof. whole world work. Okay. I mean, this uh, this guy sounds really cool. We should vote him to be president. I don't mm-hmm. run into this type of political uh, ideology on a regular basis. So this is going to be a lot for me. This is friend. You're be always really talking, good. friend. You're always talking about how many guns you own and how you wish prostitution was legal. <laughs> you're telling me you haven't run into your your oh. your Rand I- ideology. Wait, wait, wait. Making prostitution like legal and like uh, regulated. It's libertarian. No, 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 whoa, 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 Fran. Rules. Legal, Fran, not regulated. What? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Yeah. It should be allowed, and then the government should get the fuck out of there. I want to shoot heroin and fire off fireworks into it. I thought it was the regulation of it because, like, I remember reading those ideals on the internet back when I was like, what, 14? That's ridiculous nonsense. No, libertarianism is all about doing whatever the fuck you want. Taxes are illegal. We should not have to do them. Yeah. 
Andrew Ryan does not believe in any kind of government of any kind. So he made he a city? Uh, he made a city. There's no government for the city. Oh, um, well, we see how that turned out. All right. Exactly. <laughs> he is he is like pseudo in charge because he has the most money, you see. Uh-huh. But they they don't have strict laws at this point here. It's kind of just you come here, you make the money, and then you uh, are happy. He mm. has he has a speech that he has like recorded, gives to everyone as they're entering Rapture, and he says he created a city where the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small. Okay. And- well, it sounds like Bridget uh, is just fine then. Why is she it, grappling with her morals? That's the whole point of why she yeah, came Yeah, exactly. Here, I, I think those Nazi scientists are A-OK. They got us to the moon. No problems here. A lot of advances yeah, in health not a Not a single red flag I can see there. <laughs> um, but no, it's kind of funny. They They came up with the idea of Andrew Ryan and using objectivism because... They initially had this idea that they wanted to make a game in an underwater city because that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And then somebody asked, well, who would make an underwater city? <laughs> but who? Who but could who? be so bold as and to they, do that? They thought about it for a while and they were like, well, maybe some crazy libertarian guy. With lots and of money. <laughs> the, lead, no, the-, the lead writer was reading one of Ayn Rand's works like when he was starting on this. And he was like, you know, I like the way that all of her main characters give these like long, heady speeches about their moral correctness and how they're better than everyone. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be great if a villain did that? And that's As how we get yeah. the entire story of this game. No, all right, they were in a board. They were in a boardroom, Ethan, and the lead writer was like, "What? Oh, who should our main character be?" And then he looks across the room to his lead programmer, a man named Atlas, and he goes. <laughs> And he goes, oh, and that's a a fun joke for all you Randys out there. So, Fran, there is a uh, council in Rapture here. That sounds a lot like a government. No, 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 it's a council. (laughs) There is, they have very little power. There's nothing that they can really, like, do that much at the start well, of what Rapture. What do they do? And the, f- and the fact that it's filled with the most powerful people in the city is irrelevant. It's uh-huh. a coincidence. But in uh-huh. Rapture, Rapture is a place, Fran, where you get no free lunch. And also there's no free police. And th- there's no free oxygen. So you need mm. to work your way and prove that you are worthy or already have money when you come here, that is fine also. Oh, okay. Which, which is basically how Epcot was designed, by the way. <laughs> if you want to, if you want some fun insight into what Epcot was supposed to be, it's this, technically. Mm-hmm. But, what? Epcot? Yeah, yeah. Fran, I cannot, I cannot go through the whole history of we're, Epcot with we're you. We're not doing a lore you know on I, Epcot. I oh. promise, it is, it is, <laughs> It is insane. Disney was like, you'll live there, you work there, and if you can't work there anymore, I'm kicking you out into the Florida swamps. They do have just this one rule in uh, Rapture, and that is that they have a a system for 
most anything that comes from the outside world is contraband. Part of this is ideological. Andrew Ryan doesn't want like religion stuff to be pulled in very hard. He doesn't want, you know, all of these like other ideologies to come try and like proselytize stuff in here. So items of that kind are contraband. But also it's a large part from necessity because the the thing that ruined the free market, Fran, is when a big America come and invades your free market. Classic, mm-hmm. classic Americans ruining the 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 libertarian wet dream. Exactly. So he has this contraband system. He doesn't want information about Rapture to leak out or for oh. uh, stuff to come in because he doesn't want like to just get invaded and have all of their cool stuff that they made taken. So, Is that why I put it underwater? Because he's like, you can't invade the ocean not knowing that the United States has a navy with boats. So Rapture is created in the early uh, 1950s. Okay. And so this is late, late 1940s, early 1950s. Mm-hmm. And so people come to Rapture in part because they're libertarian assholes, but also you have a lot of people who just survived the horrors of World War II and just survived like the horrors of uh, Soviet Russia and like that level of government control and are saying to themselves, maybe this is a good idea if we go to a place where we cannot be sent to gulag. There's Mm -hmm. no gulags underwater, Fran. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) All right, so Andrew Ryan creates Rapture, and it's a super success. Rapture is an absolute utopia. Andrew Ryan, he's not like the president or anything like that, but he is kind of de facto leader just because his company, Ryan Industry, owns major chunks of the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, He owns like the primary facility that produces oxygen, he owns these like engineering cores that like keep the city running. And so he is leader because he's the richest boy. The way it should be. President and- Bezos, please, please make me like secretary of, I don't know, podcasting or something. <laughs> I just don't see this lasting terribly long, hence the game premise, probably. So. Rapture is a like rich person utopia and all of the early birds and the unscrupulous types who come there first they prosper. Mm, and of course geez. it and it it does to to a degree it fits Andrew Ryan's idea of like those who are like smarter who have better like business ideas who have better scientific uh chops they do better than everyone else. But very quickly, you have a problem that might sound familiar where when newcomers come in, even if they have good ideas or the like, because everybody else already owns the stuff and is in control, the newcomers have no way of competing. No. That would never happen. On on top of this, Who could have foreseen such a thing? Ryan is absolutely against any kind of social safety net of any kind. 
So yeah. no handouts here. Like I, there's no handouts. There's no free oxygen in Rapture. Wait, how does oxygen work then? Is it not just around yeah. you? Do you, you have like a breathing it. tube the whole time? Well, you're underwater, Fran. I know. But like it's a dome but, city, right? Like there's not like water. It's not. A, it's there. not a dome city. It is all of the individual skyscrapers and such are the just in water. Yeah, there's there's no like park that you can walk around in. You know that is uh, domed in. It's just oh. all of the individual buildings are uh, waterproofed, right? It's it's so quite how do you get from building to building? You go through the water, Fran. There are uh, bathospheres. There are underwater trains. Uh-huh. Uh, there's there's all sorts of systems set up to do that. But no, it's it's not a dome city. It is Those just a bunch of skyscrapers. Those buildings are gonna erode so quickly. What the Fran, Fran, spoilers! What are you saying? Well, not not against the amazing and latest technology that is brass. It's oh, it's yes. real like. <laughs> It's real steampunks. So everything's made of like brass tubes. Everything's gonna which, break. Which is the thing that erodes like fastest in salt water. <laughs> look, everything's at gonna this, break. look at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Everything would wow. just be like that in like a year. Fran, I can't believe that you don't believe in the libertarian ideal. Uh, it's not but... that. It's more the physical properties of like objects Bel- and chemicals. Fran- Adding logic to the system is not the libertarian ideal, and I'm very disappointed in you. Do you remember when CJ said that Epcot kind of worked if you couldn't afford yes, it anymore? Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> if oh, you couldn't afford enough. it anymore, they throw you out in the swamp. Now uh-huh. imagine that, except your city is underwater. Oh God! They oh dear, that's not yeah. good. How far underwater is this? All uh, the very way, far. At the bottom. How do they deal think- with the pressure? 20 fathoms underwater also spoilers I mean, they Fran. drink they drink a lot probably <laughs> okay so this oh, is God. this situation Fran pointed out there's maybe a problem or two with it yeah but just a few this is this is the perfect entry point Minor. for uh one of our major characters frank fontaine and frank fontaine is a lovable scamp all around uh. con man Ah, uh, yeah, heart of gold, probably. Uh, he would like you to think so. Fontaine, uh, he comes to Rapture, and he makes a fortune primarily by doing smuggling rings because nice. so much stuff from outside is contraband. But rich people like their stuff, Fran. Yeah, and and so he is he's your go-to guy who smuggles the things you want into rapture frank fontaine he isn't just about conning the rich he's an equal opportunity con man so he will con the rich and the poor alike uh he creates these areas of the city called fontaine's home for the poor Mm -hmm. which is a place for people who can't compete economically in rapture to go and that's, you know, some beautiful altruism, but really it's a recruiting station for Frank Fontaine. Yeah. So he's like, he's like Fagin from Oliver, right? He's just like, I got all these little scamp kids. They're going to run a racket on the city. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to read a quote from him in his ridiculous Bronx oh. accent. 
<laughs> they come to Rapture thinking they're gonna be captains of industry, but they all forget that somebody's gotta scrub the toilets. Yeah, what an angle they gave me. I hand these mugs a cot and a bowl of soup, and they give me their lives. So right around this time that Frank Fontaine is starting to build up steam in Rapture with his smuggling ring with his homes for the poor, uh, we have this scientist named Bridget Tenenbaum who mm. comes to Rapture. And she is kind of that exact thing that Andrew Ryan was talking about before, a scientist not bound by petty morality. And I'm surprised they let her in because of the time period and the fact that she's a woman. It's No, libertarians science. don't libertarians are all about <laughs> equality, Fran, as long as you can compete equally well regardless of any setbacks or disabilities you have so i mean if she's a smart woman a smart woman yeah, if she I've... can do it then she's allowed i'm just really surprised that the rich men of the late 1940s early 1950s are like ah a woman Fran, scientist just what Fran, we need that's if all you're having if you're having difficulties trying to like navigate the convoluted ideology of libertarianism a little then bit. i think you are understanding it better than ever <laughs> okay like very confusing. I, I'm gonna give you this is this is Tenenbaum's backstory, Fran, to okay. sort of get you where the authors were at this point. Mm -hmm. So Tenenbaum and her family were German Jews, mm -hmm. and they were taken to the concentration camps, and she was in one of the specific camps where Joseph Mengele and his research team were uh, experimenting on human people. Uh -huh. and you know, that real not funny thing that happened? The not yeah. funny uh -huh. thing. And she came in and would point out where they were doing things wrong in Absolutely their science. absurd. And, oh, and no. ended up joining their science team because what? she's just so just gosh darn good at science. She's what? So smart. She's so smart. She looked those Nazi scientists in the <laughs> eyes experimenting on her aunt or whatever. And she was like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't divide right, Zoe. <laughs> Oh God! Who who yeah. wrote that? That's terrible. <laughs> what? It is. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, Fran, it's the Holocaust. Of course, it's awful. I mean, this is a good point. This is the kind of person that Rapture is attracting, right? Ugh. It's Bridget Tenenbaum and Frank Fontaine. It's awful. And so okay. uh, Tenenbaum, she's she's come to Rapture, and she's just kind of you know she's going around taking a look at things. And she is this one day she's passing by Fontaine's uh, fishery, mm -hmm. which is like his front for the smuggling ring. Right. Mm -hmm. And she finds this uh, dock worker type guy who was uh, his hand had been crippled from previous work. Right. And mm -hmm. he had just re recently been bitten by this weird sea slug and now his hand is all better. And if there's no God, Ethan, <laughs> why would he create a sea slug that bites capitalists and heals them? That's, I mean, that's that's intelligent design make, right there. You make good, <sighs> a good point, CJ. And so Tenenbaum, she says to herself, like, my super scientist intuition says that this sea slug might have something cool to it. 
And <laughs> as she, like an you need to have a genius scientist be like, my hand broke, but now is better. What happened in between? Sea slug bit me. I wouldn't <laughs> say maybe Nazis there might like there <laughs> there might be something about that sea slug that we might want to mm-hmm. look into. Methinks. Oh dear. So she does a little research and she finds that the sea slug produces a substance that can alter your DNA and also like not only alter cells but revive dead ones, which is how it's uh, healed this man. So she names this substance Adam. Okay. Because there's no um, like, religion, but we're still referencing, I uh-huh. guess. Yes. Yeah, it's the the substance is atom, and then there's also like this energy stuff that you get to use the atom that's called Eve. It's of course, yeah. It's course. it's the start of a new human era, Fran. So the the symbolism, oh, the symbolism, all so, from a sea slug, just all like from real the humanity. So Tenenbaum's got this amazing DNA-altering stuff, and she's shopping it around, and Frank Fontaine sees that uh, there might just be some business potential here. And so he starts funding Tenenbaum's research and creates his new company called Fontaine Futuristics. Mm. Now, after a little bit of time, they find they're able to collect a decent number of these slugs, but the slugs themselves don't create a lot of atom just mm. in a natural uh, course of things. But it's, they, they find that it's actually possible to put these slugs into someone and oh. then that host person will start creating atom 20 to 30 times as efficiently. Oh, and, dear. And they, they find that the most effective hosts just so happen to be little girls because oh. that... <laughs> because it oh. runs on imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So by, by but, inside the body, are we injecting them? Are we eating no, them? No, there's a gigantic slug like in their tum-tum. Oh, But like okay. living, like a tapeworm, like living in there, you Wait, know? for fucking real? What? Yeah. That's the, okay. And then it makes their, it make their eye glow? The the little sisters CJ are because they have these atom properties. They're basically immortal. It's the way that they justify if you shoot one in the game, how they don't get hurt is basically their bodies just Wolverine instantly repair themselves. That's uh-huh. awesome. But they are a little a little screwed up in the process. But so they're <laughs> apart. Okay. So apart from the fact that there is a just unaltered sea slug inside of them mm-hmm. they're just a normal person that's uh, the only but the slug thing. alters their dna and nonsense hence the glowy eyes but there's not like a process they don't like put them in a in a captain america machine or anything they just put they, they put slug in them i mean there's probably a bit of a pot process but they don't get into it doesn't the, sound the they specific. probably just say that they're like oh no you can't just put a slug in a person that doesn't work don't do it don't try it don't don't so, do it yourself so hosts hosts make Adam better, right? Uh-huh. And we find it's best with little girls. But where are you going to get little girls, Fran? Not in well, capitalist land. You got to smuggle uh, them in. May, well, Fran, it turns out that there's a lot of poor people in capitalist land. And Frank oh. Fontaine already what? has his homes for the poor. And so he just updates it a little bit. 
he now has the Little Sisters Orphanage, a place oh. for poor people to put their children, and oh, probably no. nothing bad will happen to them. Don't oh, worry about it. Dear. Yeah. So they've got their supply of Adam now, and they find that with a little bit of manipulation, they can make these things called plasmids and gene tonics. And with those- That's not biblical. A- <laughs> not <laughs> with- as much. <laughs> no, not as much. With those, they are able to uh, alter people. And in the beginning, it's like in kind of just surface level ways, right? They're able to just make people genetically slimmer, stronger, taller, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's this- a miracle drug. Uh, it's, it's like a miracle drug even. But know, speak- except it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of drug- uh oh, Fran! It turns out that Adam is actually highly addictive. Well, yeah, because he keeps uh, healing you and shit. Like, why wouldn't it be yes. addictive? Yeah. So, what Adam is doing is it's changing the DNA of your cells, but it's also kind of spreading in a way that's basically like cancer. Oh, great! And so it it make all your body cancer cells, and those cancer cells are kind of supported by the atom, but as as you uh, as you go on, it takes more and more atom to sus- mm. not not only to make new changes, but to sustain the ones that have already happened. Mm-hmm. And people who are uh, low on that atom, they start to get withdrawal symptoms that do involve like both horrible body like transfiguration mm-hmm. and also insanity. So. If you're the people supplying this and you're the only supplier, I could see yeah, that partially being good <laughs> for profits because people need more of it. The issue yum, is yum. is that it doesn't sound like Rapture has like a large influx of people coming in considering it's like difficult to get to and stuff. So eventually your consumer base will run out if everyone gets addicted and then can no longer afford your product and then they die. Well, Fran, Fran, so the long term consequences don't seem. Very what the profitable. fuck is a long term consequence? <laughs> I've never heard of that. It doesn't make oh. sense to me, Fran. Chop all the trees down, turn Fran, them into yeah, fucking Fran, coal. You're, I don't care. you're bringing the idea of finite resources into a capitalist idea of infinite growth, and uh, it makes and you look like a fool. Also, the it, idea of finite resources to a city that doesn't allow outside product Fran, to get into. Uh, it's not a metaphor for the earth. Medically speaking, this is an absolute catastrophe, but business wise, this is awesome. People want more and more Adam, and they can't help themselves because They're it's gonna very die. addictive. <laughs> they, they literally can't help themselves. <laughs> now, uh, so this is all happening under Fontaine's business, right? Fontaine Futuristic. Andrew Ryan is over here, and he thinks this is awesome. Yeah. This he is, loves this shit. Loves this, this is, shit. This is awesome capitalism stuff. This is, like, exactly what he wanted, There's a quote from him somewhere in there where he says, like, people are complaining about awful side effects that kill them. And he says, the market can handle that. It's a few deaths doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to start regulating something. If the product kills too many people, then they'll stop buying it. That's how the market works. That's how the market works, Fran. So... 
to Andrew Ryan, Fontaine is like exactly the kind of man that he wanted Rapture to create. A real go-getter who's doing capitalism super good. Poster until, child. Until he starts to find out, wait, he's succeeding at capitalism by breaking the one law that I made about contraband and such? I can't believe a libertarian would make a law. That's so <laughs> bullshit, dude. Fake poser idiot. Wait, mm-hmm. wait. That's, so he gets CJ... jealous of Fontaine's like money making and goes, what can I get him on? Oh, yes. He's a smuggler. No, no. Or... He's not jealous. He's oh, like, like rock again, friend. Yeah, again, friend. He thinks this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Until he finds out that Fontaine is breaking this one law that he has. But he's not breaking the law in regards to the uh, the slugs, though, right? Yeah. No, he doesn't. No. He thinks the, the slug thing fine. is awesome. Yeah, he, like he thinks smuggling. that great. That's great. He's like the smuggling part. Well, then just tell him to quit that shit, and so he can continue being rock hard about the Adam shit. Uh, he's not gonna do that, Fran. What he's gonna do is he's gonna start investigating. What, make a police force. Yes, he does make his own personal police force <laughs> that he Sick, owns. <laughs> And he starts investigating Fontaine, and when he finds plenty of undeniable proof that Fontaine is uh, this the smuggling king, he goes to have him arrested. But it's not a problem, because Fontaine, besides smuggling things that rich people like, has been smuggling a lot of guns into the city. Has he been and smuggling so police into the city to have his own secret police force to fight against... <laughs> I mean, he's been smuggling smugglers, and they know how to shoot guns. There you and go. And also all of those poor people that he has a recruiting station for. Mm. Put those so, immortal babies on the front line. Are you kidding me? If you give a small child an AK-47 and they can't die, I mean, we're, you've we're won any getting, war. We're not getting into child soldiers right now, CJ. <laughs> they they liter- he literally puts slugs in them, and they don't die. Well, now they're child experiments. Child soldiers, Fran, <laughs> have some taste. That's, that's, uh, that's a step too far. <laughs> so there's a big shootout between Ryan's forces and Fontaine smugglers. And in this shootout, Frank Fontaine is gunned down. He is now dead. This is a major turning point for the story, right? And this is also like a big problem with the libertarian ideology in general. The idea of... Everybody makes things on an even playing field. What do you do with the things made when somebody dies, right? Mm. And so- There's uh, no wills in libertarianism? I mean, that would be you getting stuff that that you didn't make yourself. That would be a law. That's stupid. Well, apparently we're enforcing one law that Andrew Ryan decided. What are you important? Getting getting stuff that you inherited would be a free lunch, and libertarians don't believe in a free lunch. But he he already has one law that he's like, Ah, there's no rules here except this one, and it pissed me off that you did it, so I'm gonna murder you. Bran, are you are you more concerned with the willing of objects than you are the fact that owning a private army is a cornerstone of libertarianism? <laughs> I I guess so because I, I don't know, apparently I think I watched too many Chinese <laughs> but, movies growing up because that was like in one of my favorite ones. Like everyone had their own little private militia army that just like the whole royal family did. So like the prince and the queen Fran- all had the Prince so desperately wants <laughs> Fran wants BTS has its army. If we get a fan base, we're just going to call them a private the, the private, private militia. <laughs> private militia. That's what okay. the light sticks are for. The, lo- this the is more highly you know, private militia. 
There's, we're going to have to get into this later, Fran, but for now, we're going to talk about what Andrew Ryan is going to do here, because- He's going to take the you, shit for himself. If you're a good, good capitalist boy, like, what do you do with Fontaine Futuristic? There's no such thing as wills, and- You either buy so, it out or sell it. Uh, there's no one to buy it from, because the guy who owns it is dead, right? Well, it sounds like a yes to me. So- <laughs> There's no consent there. <laughs> So now you're thinking like a capitalist friend. The city, the city council and everybody is like, you should spread this at like, you should spread this out. You should let other people like buy up little chunks of it. That's fucking communism. But that's, that's fucking communism. And so Ryan Industries absorbs Fontaine Futuristics. Andrew (laughs) Ryan now, now owns even more of the city as Uh well as all of the Adam creation. Uh Uh-huh. And that makes people mad, Fran, because they came down here to be libertarians and he just took stuff, what like a government would do. Yeah. Mm. So pretty shitty. Is this why the Randys are upset? Yes. Mm. This exactly Mm -hmm. is why they would say that Andrew Ryan is not a uh, proper objectivist. Uh, Sounds like he's a capitalist. Yeah, it's not taking whatever you want because you want it, not exactly what that is. Like, no, see, and there's nothing is, telling him he can't. This is the difference between objectivists and libertarians, but we're oh, not going to get into God. that because that would be so incredibly boring. So instead, I'm just going to say... You ta- Wait, you're telling me that talking about <laughs> old shitty books written by an old shitty racist is not particularly interesting? I mean, it's not funny, that's for sure. Here in Rapture... Everyone is mad at Ryan, but especially the poors, because they have all uh they've all been kind of put in this situation of that they're poor and they should be there because they deserve it, but also Ryan can just take stuff. That's not fair. And not to mention that Ryan doesn't believe in charity, so mm-hmm. he has no desire to continue Fon- uh, Fontaine's homes for the poor. Are they gonna uh, like unionize or something? Uh, they're gonna do a civil war, Fran. Oh, okay. Nice. Next best uh, thing. This this man named Atlas, who you remember from the start of the game, appears, mm-hmm. and he starts to rally people in Fontaine's poorhouses. And yeah, he starts with these uh, unionizing ideas, but pretty quickly becomes a like overthrow Andrew Ryan ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh. How does that fit and, into libertarianism? How do they feel about civil wars? If you can afford it, go for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Atlas, instead of using guns, he decides like, hey, if we just tweak these plasmids a little bit, we can start creating like X-Men type warriors Hell who are able yeah. to shoot fire and blow stuff up. Oh. And so... Atlas starts to get plasmids to his uh, army of rebels, mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan, uh, who now owns the atom industry, he realizes, man, there sure is a lot of money to be made here if I just keep making more and more dangerous weapon versions of plasmids. Mm-hmm. So you have this arms race to see who can make the most addictive self-destructive God serum where Ryan creates the stuff for his own armies. And he then sells it to the rich people of 
uh, rapture who want to protect themselves from this civil oh. war that's going on. Everyone gets their own army. And then, uh, yeah, it's you know, it gets stolen and trickles dream. down to the rebels. It is like my wuxia movies. <laughs> uh, so there's this skyrocketing demand for Adam, but there's only so much Adam that you can make in little girls, right? Like Fran said before, we only have so many little girls and there's not enough to go around. Uh, but with a little bit of research, we find out that, you know, you can actually pull Adam out of people who have been injecting it and you can still like recycle and reuse it? that stuff. You can oh, recycle shit. Adam. You can recycle it? And no. Fran, there's, there's so many dead people in the city now because we are doing a civil war. And so Andrew Ryan being the smart, smart capitalist he is, he realizes I've got these, I've got these little girls who are attuned to Adam. They can like, they know how to find it. I've got all these dead bodies. That's just free Adam. And so he trains the little girls. He like brainwashes them to start slurping Adam out of all of the dead people in the city so he can sell it to the living people in the city. And in order to defend these little girls who are full of Adam from the uh, addicts who all want to get them, uh, the addicts are called splicers because they are splicing their DNA with Adam. Uh, okay. So to protect the little girls, he does create- Feels like these, propaganda, but that's These dr- drill-wielding giant- uh, monster men called the Big Daddies who protect the little sisters. Oh, that's where the Big Daddies come from. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. sorry. Little girls are harvesting yes. dead bodies. This we got the child labor. Uh, yes. Are harvesting the dead bodies by sucking the slug juices out of them. Uh, they Presumably? have these. They have these gigantic needles that they jab into people's. Oh, oh okay. So okay, all right. That's okay. I thought they were like vampiring it. Just to really bring your two favorite things together. They have a gigantic needle that has a little tube on the end where the atom goes. Uh And they do have a rubber nipple on the end of that. That they they then drink the, they just suck up the atom after that. But if the little girls are taking all of the product, what is he selling to people? I mean, the little girls are already where they create the product, right? They just slurp it out of them later. Okay, so So. they're they're just holding it for later. Yeah, it gets yeah, it nice. gets like, you know, cleaned up, refined in them and then it gets uh slurped out later. We now have yeah, like you said, little girls who are harvesting going around corpses. to dead yep. bodies, yep. harvesting Adam out of them and drinking it up mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. these big daddies, these giant like mech suit looking uh monster men. They look like Nautilus from League around. of Legends, right? Yeah, it's a diving suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah good enough. Um who are protecting them from splicer addicts who are trying to murder the little girls to slurp up any atom that they have. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Ryan is selling this all to the city with a bunch of marketing. Like there is, there are just a bunch of signs throughout the city that have like a positive 1950s advertising logo look of like the little sisters are your friends yeah, even and though they're like terrifying because they're mm-hmm. little, even though they're little like, terrifying monsters, the shiny and girls with glowing eyes. This is how things are going down in Rapture, but uh, Andrew Ryan is still he's losing ground, and things are are going Weird. poorly for him. It's almost like his it's, consumer base is turning into splicers. It's 
it's not great, uh, which is why he finally decides to take the advice of one of his scientists, and he does start lacing all of the atom that he is selling to people with mind control uh, juice in it. Like Where'd that come he, from? A different slug? No, it's just, uh, you know, you can make the plasmids so that they change human beings in any way, right? Uh-huh. And what he does is every plasmid that he sells, he makes it so that besides what it normally does, it also makes the human beings uh, highly Susceptible? suggestible by pheromones. Oh. And so Which he they now- already are. You mean- <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, so and Andrew Ryan, the libertarian who believes in uh, the free market and freedom of people above all else, now wants does to control now, everyone. Does now has removed all free uh, free will from his spliced citizens by using pheromones to like funnel them and control no, no. them throughout the city. No, 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 no. They chose yeah. to inject mm-hmm. the atom or eat the atom or whatever. Oh. However, they ingest it. They chose. To do that, Fran, you're getting it. I'm so proud of you, Fran. I could literally fucking cry right now. I'm like, I've got to tear it up a little bit. All right. So that brings us back to uh, our start of the game where Jack. Yeah, uh, remember when you come down into the city and you're like, oh, this looks neat. Yeah, this looks neat. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh. Uh -oh. So. Uh, this is why Atlas needs Jack's help because Atlas, who had this huge army of splicers, like those are all now being mind controlled by Andrew Ryan. Mm-hmm. And so Atlas is asking Jack, he's kind of like, I've given up a little bit here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh, I have given up a little bit here. <laughs> uh, and he wants Jack to help him, just es- him and his family escape from the city. Yeah, I was about and- to ask. Hold on. Can he just leave? Are you allowed to leave Rapture? Or is this like a thing once you're no. there, you have to stay there? Oh, uh, you get trapped yes. there. You're not allowed to leave. Because, okay. Because yeah, I'm like, I just, I can't help but wonder about the rich as... people who don't imbibe the atom are going, what the fuck is going on right now? And are like, I want out. I don't as want, soon like, as the Civil War started. They don't buy shit. And- as soon as the civil war started, Andrew Ryan put a uh, stop to people leaving Rapture. That's not gonna. He's gonna another fix law. This, he's gonna fix this mess, and then we'll get back to business as normal. But first, he does have to put down a rebellion. But is he, it a law if you have an army preventing you from doing a thing you don't want them to do, or is that just you having an army preventing a thing you don't want to do? Well, what's the difference? Oh, oh my God. Oh, wow. We uh, live in a society. Mm. So uh, Jax helps Atlas look for a pathway to escape. And through doing so, you meet a bunch of uh, crazy splicers. Andrew Ryan doesn't know exactly what is happening with this guy, Jack, who just randomly showed up at the city. But he's convinced that Jack is working for the CIA. That the CIA, you know, the Americans have come to take the amazing inventions of Rapture, and so as as you're going through the the game here, playing as Jack, uh, there are a few things that happen that are kind of weird. So one of these, none of this is, is weird already. Uh, yeah, no, this has been normal so far. But one weird thing is that Jack seems to be immortal. Uh, there are these, yeah, there. Are, so there are these. Uh, tubes, right? These these big 
uh, human-sized tubes that seem to bring people back to life when they die. Uh, but this, for some reason, seems to only work on Jack. And we don't quite know why. But anytime mm -hmm. you die, you are just revived in this pneumatic tube and go about your business again. They, okay. Do they prestige you? Are you being prestiged? Uh, it, it, you come back at the exact same moment that you died and you nice. do pay a hefty fee for it because capitalism. Ethan, is this a game mechanic? Are you describing or is a this game lore? mechanic? Uh, so this, this is both a game mechanic and lore and we'll no. get into that. The later. worst no. kind of lore. Uh, no, they're trying to explain of, why you respawn. Oh God. Okay. Speaking, speaking of another game mechanic that is lore, uh, we have an interesting side effect of reusing Adam from dead people. That, is yeah, that of course, that's not a problem at all. Why would there be the, any problem? The Adam seems to uh, not just be like reusable, but also it seems to keep some of the memories of people it was in before it got sucked oh, out. That's so not good. You do see like ghost images of other people's memories as you're going around uh, using all of this atom to shoot fireballs and such. Well, that's fun. Did At is Atlas use Adam? Uh, no, Atlas has not used Adam, and that okay. is like the only reason that he's not mind controlled by yeah. uh, Andrew Ryan. But wouldn't that mean Andrew Ryan can get mind controlled? Uh, Andrew Ryan. Does no, not, not Andrew Ryan. Him. Sorry, the ca player character. Jack? Yeah, Jack. Uh, it doesn't seem to affect him. Mm. Weird. Mm. But uh, weird. anyway, so mm. like I said, these are these are three of our weird things. Uh, -huh. uh the the Jack is immortal. He doesn't seem to be controlled by the the mind control pheromones, and he is seeing these memories of the previous owners of Adam, mm -hmm. like the storytelling device so that you can kind of see what happened in this city. Um. So you go through all of this stuff and you finally, you get Atlas's family on a submarine that they're going to be able to take out of the city. And the moment before Atlas gets on it, Andrew Ryan has, she's got secret bombs. He blows up the submarine, killing Atlas's whole family. Oh. And Atlas is just bereft he's so angry he's oh dear me i am so very irish oh, would you kindly help me kill this evil bastard what done murdered me poor family oh so his family was inside the sub but he wasn't yet he wasn't yet like he was you know it's it's the classic video game scene he's like running to the sub to get on it and leave and then it explodes and he gets launched backwards but mm. lives through it mm. uh so atlas has changed his tune he would let now like you to, to help murder him the man? murder Andrew Ryan. All right, that's fair. So we start looking for Andrew Ryan. He is in an electric, electromagnetically sealed superstructure inside Rapture Central Control. Just like uh, Disney and Epcot. <laughs> is that where Walt Disney? Yes, had CJ. Us? It's exactly like Disney and Epcot, but we can't talk about that too much. So you get there as Jack, and you kind of just hijack a plan that different oh. people had to try and break in and kill Ryan to save the city because man, things seem to be going bad. Uh, and over the course of you doing this, uh, Ryan in his like, you know, overcome speeches to you, he starts to change his tune a little bit. Does he start and getting angrier? 
he's not exactly getting angrier. He is uh he seems to be learning some things and he has uh he's gathered some information on who exactly Jack is. Hmm. And when Jack comes up to confront Ryan and finally end him once and for all, uh, Andrew Ryan says to him, uh, would you kindly stop? And Jack stops in place. Oh. And it turns out that Jack has some kind of uh, mind control function in him that forces him to listen to anyone who asks him to do something with the phrase, would you kindly? Hey. Hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> would you kindly it, get on this plane and crash it next to this rapture city? Why, we happen to have a flashback at that exact moment Whoa. that shows a letter that he had supposedly from his parents that says, would you kindly open this letter at coordinates, blah, 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 blah. And then the letter says, like, crash this motherfucking plane. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so that is what happened. Uh-huh. All right. Oh. So, so he is CIA, kind of. Ch- he's yeah. Uh, everyone what? in the CIA, if you ask them politely <laughs> to do something, they have to do it. Would you kindly? Yes. Would you kindly tell me if you're a cop? You have to. Now. You have to. You legally have to. <laughs> everything is uh, everything is crushing in on Ryan. Uh, Atlas has his people coming in. Uh, the few people he has left. And so in this last moment, he decides that he will prove he's in control of his own life. And instead of letting Jack kill him, he commands Jack, would you kindly bludgeon my face in and gives a big speech on how a man chooses and a slave obeys. And besides finding out Fran that, uh, Jack is a, uh, is a mind-controlled person. He has also found out that Jack is Andrew Ryan's son. Mm. I was wondering about that. The automated defenses of Rapture uh, barely attacked Jack because he had Andrew Ryan's DNA. Mm. Those uh, pneumatic tubes that brought Jack back to life, mm-hmm. they were set to only bring back Andrew Ryan, but they worked on someone who's so closely genetically tuned to him. That's not, uh, uh, so, by the way, a person's offspring not is not shut so up, closely no, relatedly genetically that they would just they would just get confused. It's like, I don't know, 50%'s pretty high. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty high. Okay, uh, wait, so Andrew Ryan obviously made the city as an adult. So it was Jack, like his son in the out, like he had a son before he made Rapture. No. So what happened? How long has Rapture been here then? Uh, About 10 years. So is Jack 10 years old? He's about like five, I think. Uh, What? Let me tell you, Fran. (laughs) (sighs) So Andrew Ryan he had a he had a, a prostitute on the side that he saw because that's just prostitution's kind of, legal. Prostitution's yeah. legal, and as we all know, a good capitalist never pulls out. So he did have a uh, he did impregnate this lady, 
unbeknownst to him, the lady who was struggling financially because this is a very difficult city, she sold this child to Frank Fontaine, who Mm -hmm. then used plasmids to uh, experiment on this child, make him grow up super fast, put mind control powers over him, and generally make him like a Frankenstein monster that he was in control of. Okay. And that's important, Fran, because right after you kill... Uh, Jack kills Andrew Ryan. Atlas comes over the intercom and says, Oh, good job, boyo. You sure have done exactly what I told you to. And also, I was Frank Fontaine the whole time. It was him, oh. friend. He, put a, he did what Ethan did. He made himself have a silly accent the whole game. Mm. It was all a ruse. Frank Fontaine faked his death and then mm-hmm. used all of the systems that he already had set up to try and take control of the entire city away mm-hmm. from Andrew Ryan. Mm-hmm. And it's all finally come together. So, why, how? okay, if he's five years old, how the hell did he end up on a plane outside of Rapture? Uh, Fontaine sent him out, smuggled him out of Rapture as his uh, ace in the hole, he said, to then pull him back in. And once again, friend, this really is for the benefit of the player not knowing okay. instead of just the obvious plan of like, yeah, I'll just keep him here and do do that later. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> I could just put him in a tube, really. So left him there but as as you're as you're poking holes in this friend Mm -hmm. i want to point out that this twist that sounds so m night Shyamalan bullshit to us right now Mm -hmm. was hugely impactful back in the day and Mm. was absolutely what this game was known for okay and that's why people loved it was like oh that's that's a big or that's a big part of why people loved it and the reason that it was like impactful in that time is because right around the time that Bioshock came out, uh, the idea of the moral choice systems in video games was everywhere. Like every mm-hmm. game needed to have like a moral choice arc, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't like very advanced at all. And most of those moral choices, despite being portrayed as a like this changes everything this changes the story and the world around you Mm -hmm. it really is just like the story would happen basically the same way whether you decided to be good or evil and there would just be like a cosmetic difference to your character Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i seem to recall like the fable games specifically you would and the game would end exactly the same either way except you had horns if you were evil and Mm -hmm. you yeah people would call you you a dick yeah uh, so this one was uh, was very impactful because it like gave you this concept of your your choices as far as uh, Bridget Tenenbaum asks you to help her save the little sisters and you can choose to harvest them for Adam or help Bridget save them, right? And this is kind of like, it's a small choice. You know, it's a very human choice. It doesn't really affect the story. And then to come to this point where it tells you, yeah, actually, you didn't have any choice. The choice systems are bullshit. You were mind controlled the entire time. Like, that was a moment for people to be like, oh. I mean, I didn't get any. Like, I really honestly, 
Everyone talks about how great or how bad the game is. I didn't get any of this while I was playing. I just got to the end and they're like, you've been mind controlled the whole time. And I was so, it was like four in the morning. I was so tired. I'm like, okay, if you say so, dude. And, like, <laughs> and it's like, kill yourself or whatever. And you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get too highfalutin, but uh, this this game kind of represents the breaking of the fifth wall, if you are familiar with that concept. But it's the idea that not only are you a person watching a piece of media, which is the fourth wall, but you exist in mm. a society of other stuff that's going on. So like the idea of you, the person, are expecting this game to be another one of those choices matter kind of game and going into it and then it using that against you to subvert your expectation because mm. it knows the game knows that you exist in a world where that's a thing that matters. Mm -hmm. So uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like an interesting idea, right? Especially mm -hmm. considering not a lot of exposure had been done on it and it kind of hides itself as this like action horror game yeah. that, like you wouldn't necessarily expect that from. I think that's the other thing that really caught people off guard is it really just seemed like a, a new kind of like dead space sort of game. Right. Uh, like that's that's a story for RPGs. That's not generally a story for uh, my shoot 'em up. I want to put a fucking disclaimer right here because I can already feel people like rolling their fucking <laughs> eyes at me when I say breaking the fifth wall. This is if you I believe you. To, if you want to like get good information i mean we do a pretty good job but like this is not a this is not a podcast about uh the art of of the plots of these things that being said i think i used that phrase that is not very well defined in a very accurate way and i'm probably smarter than who's ever rolling their eyes at me so <laughs> Uh, no, I just want to I mean, point out right now, if you think that that's dumb, go fuck yourself. Find <laughs> No, don't. Yeah, please. Please I, stay and get more people. Ethan said that all the Randys out there got upset over the game. It's very weird to me that they get upset over the inaccuracy of the representation <laughs> of objective objectivism and not like the fact that the whole game revolves around how libertarianism is inherently flawed and will end in like a bunch of wars with people killing each other over drugs well it's because if they did objectivism correctly that wouldn't happen oh you're right it would have just been a utopian yeah. society yeah, and the game would just be is, the sims yeah that's the exact argument that they make yes yes absolutely but, bananas that you can convince yourself that <laughs> this like dystopian future game that you've created or sorry alternate history game is like, oh no, you got it wrong because if you did it the way that I think it's supposed to be done, it would be perfect, not mm -hmm. bad. Frank Fontaine's plan, now that Rapture is, you know, an absolute hellhole, is he's basically going to take all of the amazing inventions that have been made here and bring them topside, sell them to the highest Which bidder. Is exactly yeah. what capitalism is. <laughs> I feel this like that's what was supposed so to happen. So on the nose, it's just like, <laughs> I don't like the representation. Shut up, you, you <laughs> Randys. Yeah. Again, even though uh, Frank Fontaine is Andrew Ryan's greatest nemesis, he's also the exact kind of person that Ryan was like setting out to create with his city. So Frank Fontaine, he's done with Jack at this point, right? Served his purpose. So he says, uh, 
Jack, would you kindly go get stepped on by a big daddy? And it looks like mm-hmm. that'll be the end of the game. Oh. Uh, but then Bridget Tenenbaum steps in and she, you know, Remember doesn't care about this. Sisters? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the German co-worker of Joseph Mengele, yeah. uh, who has seen the error of her ways. And mm. she, That's what she every wants... former Nazi says. Dude. They all claim that. <laughs> they do all claim that. But she she wants to get the little sisters out, to cure them and to get them out of rapture. Hold the and it's get that get that slug out of them without killing them and uh get them out of this hellhole that is rapture. And so How many are she's... there? A bunch. A lot. Yeah. Like a lot. You can't get them all out. Uh, okay. We'll get into that in a little bit, Fran. Oh, no. That's another but... lore. That's a game mechanic. <laughs> so she she saves Jack, and she says, "You know, I was able to break a little bit of your mind control stuff. I was able to make it so you won't listen to anybody when they say would you kindly anymore. But he does. Your heart is slowly stopping because mm-hmm. of a different thing that he did to you, but." Don't worry, we can fix that with Adam too. We can fix anything with Adam. Mm-hmm. So you spend a little time going around into some research facilities, grabbing the stuff that you need to uh, completely cont- cure your mind control. And meanwhile, Frank Fontaine, it's it's so poorly explained why in the story, but I guess he just thought to himself... Well, you know, maybe before I sell all of this Adam stuff to everyone in the above world, I should try a little bit myself. Oh, absolutely <laughs> and, bonkers, idiot! And so, <laughs> never, you never use your own supply. You never yeah. use your own supply, but he starts to do that, and he just realized that drugs are really fun, Excellent. and awesome. he he now has control of the entire city's supply of drugs. So he starts just pumping himself so full of Adam while you're curing yourself. He is more Adam than man now. It's a lot of slug. It's a lot of slug that he puts in himself. Uh, Tenenbaum has uh, helped you help Jack break his conditioning, but she, she says like, all right, well, we probably need to stop Frank Fontaine also because he has become a crazy monster man now. And what better way to stop a monster man than by making another monster man? Because old habits die hard. But this one so- believes in Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this one believes in actual libertarian ideas. This, this one thinks uh, that the FDA isn't a waste of space. She helps you go to the uh, facility where they make people into big daddies, those giant armored drill warriors that protect the little sisters, mm-hmm. and gets you all suited up and transformed so that uh, you can use the little sister's help to make it into Fontaine's holdout here. Mm. Which, uh, is, so which is You are a big cool. daddy, or you're not <laughs> yeah. a big daddy? You, you become a big become daddy one. in the okay. end. Which, I mean, uh, that's, that's neat, right? It's like... You know, it's a game where you have a a constant. They're like the strongest enemies consistently mm-hmm. through the game, and then you are one. Like that's a pretty that's a pretty cool little turn of events. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but yeah. So you 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 go up to this final area 
Uh, Jack confronts Fontaine, who has gone completely insane at this point because he's so chocked full of Adam. Mm -hmm. And he's gone from like just looking like a guy from the Bronx to kind of looking like a cross between the Hulk and Dr. Manhattan, just like a weird blue just muscle man. Biggest oh. purplest cock I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> and you start to fight it out with him. Jack is able to uh, beat on him pretty good, but Fontaine is so full of Adam that there's basically no way for Jack to stop him. And Fontaine's like got him by the neck, is ready to do the finishing blow when all of those little sisters that Tenenbaum were trying to save, they come to the defense of their big daddy oh. and they they do what they know best. They start slurping a bunch of Adam oh, out of him. No. And there's just so much Adam inside Fontaine right now to slurp. Oh. That the the final scene of that battle is a bunch of small girls running all over a Hulk man, stabbing him with needles and sucking Ugh. it all out. There's mm -hmm. something there's something about an army of children with needles, needles? that is that is both <laughs> off putting and delightful. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I saw that in real life. I don't know if I would run away or go in for a big needly hug. <laughs> big a big needle hug. I'd recommend but. not the second option. Well, I'm not full right. of Adam, so I'm full of insecurity <laughs> and depression. They suck that out, and they'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh, geez. And I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling better. The ending of the game is uh, different depending on whether you chose to save the little sisters or harvest them, right? But it when is were still you, a game when were you given you that them? option? That's that's like throughout the game. That's like the only choice that you have. That's the whole concept of like right. oh. the the choice the choices that you had were not choices that actually affected the way that the story would go, but they were also the humanizing element, right? Okay. There there are a couple different possible endings, but the canon ending is the happiest one where you saved all of the little sisters, and Jack and Tenenbaum and the little sisters, uh, they go up to the above world, and they or as we call it. The, the regular world, world. yeah, <laughs> and they they lead happy little lives, and you know the game ends with a scene of like a bunch of uh, adult women's hands like clasping an old man Jack's hand as he dies. Is like, oh, he finally had the family that he never had. Yeah, he's surrounded by his his, his daughters. Mm. That's the end of Bioshock One, which means that it's time for me to start talking about Bioshock 2, which is so colossally stupid. I have and heard, <laughs> I just want to say, I, you're going to talk shit on Bioshock 2. I've heard people say it's the better of all oh. of them. Oh, in what uh, regard? If, if you like the gameplay of Bioshock 2, I understand. I also don't agree with you there, but I at least understand. <laughs> yeah. But- if you think the story of Bioshock 2 is good, you are just objectively wrong. I will it's say <laughs> I've played Bioshock 1 all the way through. I have started playing Bioshock 2 several times and I've never <laughs> finished Bioshock 2. You haven't gotten through it yet? It just it's, it's like I don't know. It's not great. Mm. Uh and there are I think there are a number of reasons for that. Uh so one of the biggest ones, I think, is that when Bioshock 1 was finished, you know, the publisher owns the rights to it or whatever, and they said, 
well, this made us a lot of money, so we're going to make another one. But the team that originally made Bioshock was already working on something else. Mm. So they had a new team make this game, a new team of writers. And as far as I can tell, these writers did not even remotely understand any of the source material from Bioshock 1. Like the, It's a good start. Or, or they just had like a very strong feeling that capitalism is good and we can't tell a story about how it bad. Well, I, to be fair, the development of Bioshock 2 was propelled by capitalism. <laughs> by, um, right, maybe it's, it was it's Grant, are you breaking the fifth wall right now? <laughs> it's like every piece of, it's like all pieces of widely consumed media are inherently ingrained in capitalism. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, they just like, ooh, this first one is real successful. Maybe it's we like make another even- one and slap the name on it and we'll get more money. Even oh, this podcast, day. which seems to, for some reason, have a really anti-capitalism stance to it, also exists in a place where it is only financially supported by uh, having day jobs and hopefully one day by you. Well, yeah, I was going right. to say, we're never going to make money off this, don't. <laughs> Wait, no, it's Fran. Fran, that's this not is the, the part where you're have. supposed to... Yeah, this, this is, is the part yeah, where you're supposed to plug you... at Spices with. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Uh, plug the Twitter. Like, follow, and, the... and subscribe at rate, Spices. Rate with. Stars. highly five stars on the Apple and Give a thumbs Spotify. up. Leave there a review wherever podcasts can be found. Tell people and what you like but about we're, the but show. But we're, we're making it because you guys want <laughs> us to do that, even if you yeah. don't know that you don't want us. So would you kindly just give us some money? Give us money. Uh-huh. I, Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. So, so Bioshock oh, 2. Right. <laughs> Bioshock 2 takes place 10 years after the first game. It's very weird because it still takes place in Rapture, but all of those things that seem to be like huge concerns like this city will be nothing in a year's time didn't seem to actually matter. No. All of the splicers who, again, are super addicted to Adam and it's basically a form of cancer that is destroying them from the inside unless they can get their ever-increasing amount of fix. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Yeah. It's whatever. Oh. It's, been ten, it's been 10 years they of them stabilized. having... Yeah, I guess they're, they're just whatever. They're fine. Don't well, Presumably don't there's, there's no, like, there's no little sisters anymore, so like you can't uh, get a stream Interestingly, of interestingly, CJ, uh, our good friend Jack, who did like save the little sisters and such, he saved a solid like dozen of them, Baker's dozen. Nice. But I guess he kind of just left a bunch of them down there, oh. and so there were still little sisters down oh. there. There's still a bunch of people that he left down there to suffer and such. Besides that, uh, throughout the whole game, the buildings in Rapture are leaking a lot because of that corrosion stuff that Salt we were water. talking about. Weird. But in Bioshock 2, 10 years later, things still just have like minor leaks here and there and mostly seem fine. Yeah, so like the, our crumbling infrastructure, the bridges and roads that, that are dissolving around us, they'll be fine. 
Just leave them. They'll Whatever. Be fine. What are they gonna do? It's, get worse? That doesn't make sense. No, that doesn't make. It's been ten years. Everything is fine in Rapture. Still yeah. works. A, I mean, it's all at pretty much the same level it was at before. Yeah. yeah the only that's thing that's different. Worse. There's a new lady in charge. Her name is Sophia Lamb, and she's been here the entire time. You you didn't remember her from the first game because. You, she didn't show up, but she was there the entire time. Yeah, I mean, you can't be expected uh. to meet everyone in this city. I mean, she's probably somewhere around there, there. There's a bunch of signs that are throughout the cities that are like the geniuses of, or like the greatest minds of Rapture that are added in Bioshock 2 that have all of the like inventors from Bioshock 1 plus Sophia tacked on to the end. So Sophia Lamb, uh, she is a psychiatrist psychologist she's a she's a brain person mm. and no not a neurologist mm-hmm. no she's a, a therapist but fancier okay sophia lamb has a philosophy and it's basically that she saw all of the bad stuff that happened in world war ii and how the world is run by selfish men who don't care about the amount of destruction that they create. Yeah. And that if we want to fix that, Mm -hmm. we need to create a better society. Okay. And she thinks that the best way to do that Mm -hmm. is if she takes charge and destroys whatever, and she destroys whatever that she wants and makes all of the destruction that she thinks is good. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing a, a libertarian paradise or a government, this time we're going to do a cult. Nice. Love mm. it. Mm. <laughs> the cult of the lamb. I get it. We're also left with all of those little sisters that Jack uh, left behind. They're grown up now. They're not little sisters anymore. They're now big sisters. Big mom. Which no. works. <laughs> no, no, they're big sisters. They work sa- basically the same as big daddies, except they're more dangerous because they have grown up being like uh, suffused with Adam and Adam's slugs and all of that the entire time. So they, the big daddies attack you with drills and such, mm-hmm. but basically just use weapons against you. The big sisters have big scary needle weapons but they also have all of the plasmid powers yeah they like shun po around and like oh. teleport and fucking just kind of do whatever they want blow you up mm-hmm. with fire it's pretty funny is mind control still a thing uh i don't believe that it is in the pheromone sense it is in the sense that we have a psychologist who is abusing people's brains to mind control them but that's just in the good old yeah, let's the just good be old fashioned sense. Okay. In the we we're doing a cult now, kind okay. of. Okay, we're not like using chemicals to mind control or will you kindlies. All we're not we're not doing any more will you kindlies. Okay. All brains uh, run on chemicals. Exa- Fran, well, love is just a mind control. It's all bullshit. I might Society's have. A lie. I might have. I might have spoken too soon, but we'll get to that later. Mm. Uh, what matters is that. These these big sisters are here. They're they're Sophia Lamb's new tool, her new like military tool. And you know, with this whole city being destroyed and all that, we're kind of short on children. So she sends the big <laughs> sisters up to the regular world to abduct some little girls so that the, she can then make them into new little sisters. Aren't they just a lighthouse in the middle of the ocean away from people? Like how okay. 
just the transportation aspect. I, get, I do love I do love the idea <laughs> of like an old fisherman being like, Yar, I can take you to Shar if you've got the money to pay for it. It's just this like the little sisters look crazy, right? Like they yeah, are like, like who's picking them up off the lighthouse? <laughs> it's just it's just like I'll take you. They they do have submarines and such. It's just that Andrew Ryan had he had like forbade any kind of travel with those. But he's not in charge anymore. So now we'll use them for some child abducting. Okay. That's what most so, submarines are used for, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so in this game, we saw it was pretty cool when you played as a big daddy for the last 10 minutes of the last game. So we're going to play as a big daddy for the entirety of this game. Oh, hey. but you're just not Jack anymore? We're not Jack anymore. Jack's Jack dead. is off having his happily ever after with the, Jack, the few children that he chose to save. Okay. We're a big daddy. We're subject Delta. And... We start the game with a flashback 10 years ago during the Civil War era of the Rapture. And you, Subject Delta, had your own little sister, Eleanor, mm -hmm. who just so happened to be Sophia's Lamb's daughter who got abducted and made into a little sister. Okay. So... She murders, she has like all of her goons murder you so she can take her child back. And then you just suddenly wake up 10 years later. You pop out of one of those pneumatic tubes, what brought Jack to back to life all those times. So it's implied that this big daddy is related to Andrew? I don't know. Okay. Presumably if he was, that would have happened like the moment he died last time instead of uh -huh. 10 years later. But for now, we don't know. Okay. As soon as she get, as soon as uh, Subject Delta gets out, Tenenbaum shows up and she says, "Hey, I just came back to finish some chores quick, but you should maybe do something about all of this <laughs> Sophia Lamb stuff. This looks bad." Remembering it's that her soul, like she, like she was like, "I am going to save the little sisters. That is my character now." And now she just comes back and she's like, oh, making new ones, eh? eh not really my problem. Anyway. Yeah, she, she comes she comes back because she had been hearing about the abductions, but it's so weird because she comes back for a solid five seconds mm -hmm. to tell the player what is going on. And then it's just like, yeah, you got it. You'll handle it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to head out. I got other stuff to do. Got a dozen daughters to look after. That's That's her contribution. And she introduces you to a guy named Augustus Sinclair, this businessman who has also been here the whole time. He was just kind of laying low during the past 15 years of events. Mm. But don't worry, but he was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And Augustus Sinclair blows my mind because he's like, a Southern Bell kind of businessman, right? But apart from his accent, he is an exact copy of Frank Fontaine, our villain from the last game, except now he's a good guy because we don't hate capitalism in this game. Uh, yeah. Well, Frank Fontaine was from the Bronx, and this guy's obviously from the Deep South. This, you can trust a man from the deep it's south. Called, it's called a southern bow, by the way, because he's a boy, so he's 
<laughs> I do declare Thank this is an excellent opportunity in now, order to make some of that dinero that these people have been whatever whatever money is down here. A southern a southern bow. Now that's the deep lore that I need. <laughs> but uh seriously, Sinclair is so frustratingly similar to Frank Fontaine, except he's billed as a good guy. He owns this company named Sinclair Solutions. It does the same thing as Fontaine Futuristics. It like works for Ryan Industries and it makes plasmids that it sells to people as weapons. Oh. He uses the poor to make money. Mm -hmm. He basically took over Fra Fontaine's like home for the poor and he had this silly system where he would send them uh, like weapons and uh hypodermic needles and all of that stuff uh he would send that to them in pieces and they would assemble it for him for pennies on the dollar and then he would go sell it for a huge profit and oh. he's just like yeah it sure is fun to abuse the poor i'm so he's good a good guy. guy yeah all right more he, like capitalism augustus sinclair's his his end game the reason that he's helping you out is that he wants you to help him escape from rapture so that he can take all of the inventions that they made here and sell them to the highest bidder. Wait a second. Side. Isn't Hold that on. what Fontaine was going to do before he got Slash drugged? Like, this is point for point Fontaine's character. Yeah. But now he is he's made to be your good guy buddy. What if and we made I, Fontaine but actually let him be a capitalist instead of getting drugged I, out? I think that this, like, more than anything, shows the like misunderstanding of the ideology from the first game is like just cloning the character, but absolutely flipping how you view him as a character. Mm. So Augustus Sinclair is helping you out, and that means that you have to go against Sophia Lamb and her cult. And so what exactly is Sophia Lamb doing in Rapture? Uh, so she has this idea, right? She thinks the, the upper world is being controlled by selfish men, and mm -hmm. that's bad. Mm -hmm. And so do you remember that thing that was just a meaningless uh, storytelling device earlier on where the atom could be used to at see memories of people from the past mm -hmm. because when you took it out of dead bodies it had some of their memories yeah she's gonna use that on purpose her plan is to capture the minds of all of the greatest thinkers of rapture in uh -huh. the atom inject all of that atom into one person and then mind control that one person so that they can only do actions that she deems morally good. And in that way, she will create a utopian, a like morally good God figure who is able to rule over the world and make it a good place. So they're, they're literally doing an Aberdolf Linkler thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and dear. so this is this is Sophia Lamb's plan. She's been working towards this the whole time. Again, she was in Rapture the whole time. You just didn't notice. And she was continually having these like staged arguments with Andrew Ryan where he would talk about capitalism and she would say, no, -uh, that's dumb. And everyone would agree with her for no particular reason. Like cool. her arguments were just as bad, but from the opposite direction. But everyone was like, oh, I love this one. Yeah. 
it's a problem because like the entire point of Andrew Ryan as a villain is that he is a villain because he's such a good capitalist and that makes someone a villain, right? Mm -hmm. And in this game, he's a villain because he's a dumb idiot who is a villain. Mm. And that's not ideal. Well, that's because the capitalist is a good guy now. So you can't. The capitalist is a good guy. God, I do love Sinclair and his beautiful Southern drawl. (laughs) So you move through this game. You're a big daddy. You're subject Delta. You happen to be a special kind of big daddy, a plot device kind of big daddy, Mm -hmm. because Subject Delta comes from a very early edition of big daddies who their plan to make the big daddies protect the little girls was that they would make the big daddies tied to one child, and if that child's heart stopped, then the big daddy's heart stopped. Oh. And if the big daddy got a certain distance away from the child then their heart stopped. Mm. And so our subject Delta, you want to escape rapture, but in order to do so, you're going to have to get your little sister from way back in the day, which just so happened to be Sophia's lamb's daughter, Eleanor, who it just so happens. Sophia lamb is setting up to be her utopian, who she's going to slurp all of the brains of mm. all of the people in rapture. And then mm-hmm. also take away her free will so mm-hmm. that she can only act in a morally right manner. According to Sophia lamb. Mm hmm. Eleanor is actually not down with the idea of being mind controlled by her mother and made into a deity. Uh, Isn't she so slugged or did she all? She the... was slugged. Yeah, she's... she's slugged. Okay, she is currently slugged. Even though she is trapped by her mother and is being set up to become this deity creature, this utopian, she doesn't want that and also happens to have psychic powers that oh. she can use to talk to her big daddy daddy. Oh. And so she is following what you do throughout the story as she tries to lead you to where Sophia Lamb has her imprisoned. Okay. And throughout this game, because we're still in the era of games being all about like moral choices that don't end up changing much of anything, but... It seems like Bioshock 2 missed the memo where the first game was like, let's shine a lens on the absurdity of this whole moral choice system. This one is like, I don't know. That just seems like fun. Let's do that. Mm. So it faces you throughout the game with a bunch of moral dilemmas where you can choose to spare the person or kill them. And they become increasingly more like real conundrums that would make you think about like what your morals mean, but also they are just a binary. Do you do the good path or the evil path? Your, your first moral dilemma is there's this old lady named grace who thinks that you're evil, but you're not. And so you choose whether to kill or spare her. Then there is Father Simon, who follows uh, Sophia Lamb's teachings. You don't get a choice. You just kill him. Oh, okay. Then there's Stanley Poole. It asks you if you want to enjoy this action or not. (laughs) No, it is just funny to me because, like, every one of the sort of, like, main characters who works for Sophia's Lambs, you get this choice. Except except for for Father Simon. They're like, I don't know. No real choice on this one. Just kill that guy. Okay. 
uh, you meet this guy named Stanley Poole, who it turns out you find out in his in the level did flood this entire building with hundreds of people in it to hide a secret that he had. And so you decide, do you want to spare the mass murderer or kill him? And it is morally good to spare the mass murderer. There is no quandary within this. Yeah, to take then, a life is evil. And even then you, you get, do it constantly. And then you get to Gilbert Alexander, who is a guy who has gone insane from a bunch of like atom experiments mm-hmm. and such. Uh, and he left a bunch of instructions for how to trap and kill him because he does not want to exist as a monster. Mm. But then you are given the choice at the end and it is the morally good thing to just let his monster man version live. Oh. <laughs> so if you, the assisted suicide if, you debate. Kill, if you kill a person, Fran, it's bad, but you are just mowing down like slews of enemies to get to this point, all of which are people usually yes, drug addicts yep and but they're not real you, people you are just like absolutely hosing them you're you're going through all of these moral choices as you make your way to eleanor and all of this is kind of going uh according to eleanor's plans you're making your way to save her and it's all going great until you get to eleanor and right before you're able to save her, Sophia Lamb does suffocate her and stop her heart in order to knock you out. Because again, you're the type of big daddy where if your little uh-huh. sister's heart stops, your, your heart, heart stops. stops. Yep. So she does that real quick and then real quick resuscitates her daughter and it's fine. Revealing and- a glaring flaw in the <laughs> entire setup anyway. If you, what it if was, your what if your little sister has like heart arrhythmia and it's like oh whoa sorry I I just kind of zooped out there for a second. Well, but he dead. comes back in tubes, so he's gonna be fine. Does he come uh, back in tubes? That's what happened you at the beginning. Com- you do come back in tubes if you die from like bullet wounds and such. But for some reason, what are these like elves from Tolkien? It won't work if your heart stops because that's a natural death that it can't. Fix for reasons. Uh-huh. Right. God. So God, I love game she, mechanics as well. <laughs> uh, I they pulled like every background game mechanic that was just a real loose justification for storytelling in the first game. We're like, let's make let's that integral to our that. story yeah. here. Oh. It's great. So <sighs> Sophia, Sophia traps you with this ploy and. At this point, she also seems to kidnap Sinclair, and you don't know what happened to him. Uh, and it it looks like all hope is lost. Uh, until... Not Sinclair. Whatever will we no! do without him? Our, he's our hero, maybe. Until Eleanor uses her psychic powers to plop your mind into a little sister's mind, and you spend this little chunk of the game like just crawling through pipes as a little sister to like get to the system to free your big daddy subject Delta self and foil all of Sophia Lamb's plans. Uh-huh. What, what self do you have? Like your corpse? You're trying to get to your own corpse? You know, when when she restarted Eleanor's heart, it restarted yours your as heart. well, yeah. but she, she like had you uh, tied already. you up in that time. Mm-hmm. Dead. 
good to see you, Jay. Good this, is, this is all so straightforward Wait. and clear. I don't Wait, know why you're so struggling. You, so, okay. <laughs> I, to recap, this mm-hmm. woman kills her daughter temporarily yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Kill, to kill you. Also temporarily. temporarily. Yeah. And in the in-between, she used that moment to tie you up. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. resurrects her daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Which resurrects you. Yes. Uh-huh. However, mm-hmm. you are uh-huh. now tied up. Uh-huh. And the solution to this is the person she killed uses her psychic powers because there's nothing else she can do. You're uh-huh. tied you're tied up. Uh-huh. So well, she in a place. Uses- like it like it sounds like he's locked up somewhere as well. That's so she's up. locked up in a room, CJ. Yeah. So then she uses her mighty psychic powers where she can implant a person's thoughts into another person's thoughts mm-hmm. and then does that so that you can just open a door for yourself. It's a fancy door, maybe. Yes! Wow, this is actually really good. Now that, I, now that I've said it all the way through, this is actually really smart. And, and like it's, it's, good, it's good literature. Yes. Thank you, CJ. So you're freed again. You go to save Eleanor for real this time. But oh no, in the, in the other five minutes that you were gone, Sophia Lamb turned Sinclair into a big daddy. And oh. now you have to kill Sinclair. And he's got this whole tear jerking thing where he's, he's like, uh, I can still speak for myself, but she controls my body. Uh, you've got to kill me. And I will be a, a good self-sacrificial boy. Capitalists are your friends. <laughs> we do it all for you, the little guy. You don't get the any big... moral choice in this one. No, you have to. Oh no, for, I have. I have reason, to kill the one percent. No. For some reason, <laughs> when Gilbert Alexander told you to kill him, and you said no, that was the right thing. But when Sinclair says it, and you kill him, that's the right thing that time. Mm-hmm. So. You do it. You save Eleanor, and this enrages Sophia Lamb. And she says, If I can't control my daughter's eternal soul and create a god being that can uh, command everyone in the world to do as I say, then I will blow up Rapture and just create a bunch of destruction and do the exact thing that I complained about men on the above side doing that spawned this entire mission to begin with. Yeah, but she's destroying an underwater city that, like, will be contained within the ocean, and the ocean's already, like, fucked, so, like, you just, they already have the buildings in there, they'll corrode. It's fine. You make a good point, Fran. It's underwater. It's not against, it's not a problem it's not for against Rapture's laws to blow up Rapture. There's no laws. No issue with this. This so whole tracks fine. to me. This sounds like a good system. I why why can't we? I I, I love when people are like, someone shows a shitty render of Mario and Unreal Engine, and they're like, Nintendo, look at this. Why can't you do it like this? And <laughs> I like I like a person looking at Bioshock Two and being like, See, government, do it this way. <laughs> it's this easy. It's just this easy. And we're not going to go over the whole thing, but I want to bring up a DLC for Bioshock 2. There's a DLC. Oh, dear. It's a little story add-on. It's called Minerva's Den, and it's all about uh, this other brilliant scientist who was there the whole time Uh who created this supercomputer called The Thinker. And this supercomputer has artificial intelligence that is so advanced that- In the 50s? It is- 
from the 50s. No, 60s that now. It is, oh, you're right. That it is able to calculate out probabilities so well that it can see the future. <laughs> sure. And control of everything. Course. That is how probability works, yeah. Yep. And... Sophia Lamb's plan to like create the utopian and like make morally good choices without like free will. She didn't want anything to do with this supercomputer. She was like, computers, nah, that's for nerds. I'm a psychologist. I'm going to do the super being my way by slurping everyone's minds together. I just love it's like I've calculated that you will definitely with a 57% certainty do this thing. <laughs> Therefore, I know the future. It's like, wait, what? Well, I'll just do the other thing. I've calculated the probability you will do the other thing now that you know that I know that you've done the probability of stuff. Okay, so now we both know. Are we? It's a, it's a classic game theory loop where you just start knowing what the other person kind of knows. That's exactly how it works, except he can calculate it so precisely that he wow. knows 100% what you're going to oh. do. He knows exactly what you probably will do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I don't understand Sophia's Lamb's whole plan. I feel like she had the utopian right there, the this machine she, that could do exactly what she wanted without any effort. But she only what the fuck knows do I know? brains, dude. <laughs> Computers don't brains. got brains. They got wires. She's like, what? What, what is, is this? this? What is this? She looks at a computer. What is this? Is this a human? <laughs> is this a human mind? No, then I don't know what it is. Throw <laughs> it in the trash. Nothing. Put it in the ocean. I've got nothing. All right, so you and Eleanor work together to break free and as as Sophia Lamb is trying to blow up the city, you are making your way towards like the last little bathysphere escape pod kind of thing. And you just as you are getting there, oh my God, she foresaw that you might get there and she put a bunch of bombs in the hallway and she does blow them up. Mm. And though you are able to survive this explosion you're like you're mortally wounded mm. you're you're on the bathysphere with eleanor sophia lamb was there too she's was using the bathysphere to escape and the the three of you are there and it's at this point that the game's morals come into place right eleanor has decided what kind of person she wants to be based on how many people you murdered except for all of the people all the other that you ones. murdered how yeah, many of the very specific people, that you, people that you murdered? Yeah, named. Uh, in in the bad endings, you know, she'll she murders Sophia and she says like, "Thanks, Dad. I'm gonna go be evil now, just like you taught me." And in the good mm. ending, she saves Sophia and she says, "Thanks, Dad. I'm gonna go be good, just like you taught me." But uh -huh. this is the thing that they do, and I'm gonna need one of you to explain why from a narrative standpoint, you would want this for your characters. Yeah. Is when when she does this, she says, thank you, Dad, for all of the moral lessons that you taught me. I'm very sad that you're dying right now. So what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to use mom's invention to slorp other people's minds into my mind and slorp your brain into mine so that you can be not just my metaphorical moral compass, but my literal moral compass as I will contain your brain within me for the rest of my life. Are you asking me if I want to be inside of a woman forever? Because that seems like a dumb question now when I pose it that way, doesn't it? <laughs> you use the term woman instead of the term daughter, and it's maybe she's not as she's not as literal daughter. Also, she calls like him 15? daddy. Like there's there's a whole there's a whole no. She's like probably of age. There's like a whole <laughs> subsection of people that just want to live inside of a person who calls them daddy. Also, I would I would like to point out that libertarians do not believe in age in, in the age of consent, oh. Fran. Also, that's oh. a law. That's a rule. No. Instead of putting all of the greatest minds of Rapture into the Eleanor's brain, she just takes yours, yours, just bops it in there. Like doesn't doesn't really ask you. You're just, she's just kind of like, all right. She might get you, more though. She might like like it could be cool to hang out there eventually if she gets like some cool like let's players or something in there. She just wanted to have she wanted to absorb them. God, that mm. is that is truly hell. <laughs> no. This is uh, a good way to end their story by undoing all the <laughs> other stuff they set up oh. and uh, just doing it, doing it bad, doing it. Stupid. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, well. That is that is the end of the Bioshock series for you guys. There are no more games. <laughs> They're like we we nailed it. It can't get worse. So let's leave. Yeah, it here. they're not going to make a Sky City or anything. Fran, do you have any final thoughts on this amazing series? I learned a lot about libertarian ideals today <laughs> and objectivism yeah. and Randy's. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad we could teach you that. I think maybe they understood the fifth wall so amazingly <laughs> that they were like, capitalism ruins things inherently. So we will take our own game and we will ruin it via the process of capitalism to show on a much higher meta <laughs> level the lessons that we're trying to learn here. So they were making it bad on purpose to show you that actually what they said in the first one, doubly so for the second one, which is why they <laughs> called it Bioshock 2. Whoa. I know. Amazing. Thank you, game designers, for all of the hard work you do and for all of the amazing art that you create. And hey, Thanks to you guys out there for listening to us. That's going to be the end of this one. Jeez, we got, you know, we almost got intellectual there for a second, but don't (laughs) worry because we still have all of the hooks at the end. Make sure to check out the Twitter at Spices With. Make sure to check out the Twitch, Cooking With Spices. We play games. We make funnies. Uh, We just have a good time. Follow us on those things and you can know when we're doing stuff. We want to thank Gailstorm Kitsune for our amazing artwork for the channel. And also we want to thank Apajo for the awesome song at the front and end. It is a banger. And then with all that, until next time, I've been CJ. And I've been your lore master, Ethan. And I've been Fran. Rise up, the lore you know militia, and take what is ours. (laughs) 